What does it take to get beyond the damage of words? I'm Katrina Collier. Join me each week as I explore what it takes to step into a happier future. My guests are sharing their stories of when they realized that they needed help and what it took to take that first step so that you leave inspired and maybe even start on your own path to self-love, care, compassion, and of course, happiness. So without further ado, let's hear their stories. Jasmine Mbai, thank you so much for coming on Beyond the Damage of Words podcast. It's such a thrill to have you here. Um, I, I didn't do any preamble. I just get on, launch in. Big question. What led you into healing? What started your journey into changing how you felt? Good question. Firstly, thank you for having me here. Um, oh, and what led me to undergo what was actually a really long, very protracted healing mm. journey was um, as at are, university. Okay. They are. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was at university and I just realized I was dysfunctional. Um, I would act, I'm in my room all by myself, you know, listening to my music, whatever I'm doing. And someone rings up and I act like I'm so busy. Oh, so, you know, I'm really busy. Yeah. Busy by myself doing what? I should have been studying. I wasn't even studying. Um, I would be amongst my friends at the time. And, you know, I, I lived on campus, had great relationships with people. And I distinctly remember one day sitting amongst these people that I called friends. We'd cook food for one another, invite each other around. And I felt lonely because I had built such walls around me to protect me from being hurt that I could be amongst people that I really liked and who I didn't think had any agenda or anything against me and I would still feel lonely. Um, I realized I just couldn't process my emotions mm-hmm. um, and it's because I was away from my home environment. As I might use the word, I was living on campus. So this yeah. is me now as I am. I'm not being what I need to be because I'm trying to survive. I'm just being who I am. And that's mm-hmm. when I realized um, that saying, you know, you can take the person out of so-and-so you know, but you can't take the so-and-so out of them. In this case, you can take me out of the traumatic environment, but the trauma, you can't just take it out of me like that. You have to work that stuff out. And so I realized I, I don't like that function. That feeling of, you. so you're in a room with all of these people and feeling lonely. What does that, can you describe what that felt like? I know that's a Gosh. toughie, isn't it? But I think that would really resonate yeah. with people. Just, I remember sitting there and I think it's just like, just that feeling of disconnect like yeah I'm just I'm not I'm not connected to you and I couldn't quite understand why I can't feel you that's it I can't feel you the way that I want to feel you I'm here you're there we're laughing we're joking we're having a great time but I still can't feel you no bond that's it no connection I can't feel you and it's because I have walls around me and those yeah. walls are so thick. Um, and, yeah, I just feel so That's, alone. It's interesting you say that because um, I know that we have similar – well, there's stuff, isn't there, childhood stuff. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because you can dissociate through memory loss, which is what I've done, or what you're talking about, that, that feeling like you're just not necessarily Numb. feeling. 
Numb. Yeah, numb That's, yourself. Yeah. Numb. I need yeah. to numb myself to survive because if I feel, I might feel like dying. Mm-hmm. I might realize I feel like a lot of negative stuff. So let me just not feel so that I can get through. And that was part of my coping strategy. Just don't wow. feel. Just don't feel. Um, and again, at university, you know, first year I'm out and I'm just being myself now. And then people go to me, oh, Jazz, you know, you're really hard. And I go, no, I'm not. I'm strong. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 strong, strong. And then I realized the first word that everyone used to describe me was not strong. It was hard. Hard. I was yeah. trying to be strong because I need to survive. So I need to be strong. But again, it's the walls that I'm building is actually a, such defense that now I'm coming across as hard and quite cold. And I remember someone actually called me out one day. I said, oh, yeah, people think I'm cold. And I'm like, no, Jasmine, people don't think you're cold. They think you're hard. Because they called my friend. They said, she's cold. <laughs> That's what they think. But they think you're hard. There's difference. They said, because with you, they know that they've got to probably get through a jungle. But if they get through the jungle, there's warmth there. With your friend, we're not so sure. <laughs> like, And it was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's actually able to recognize the difference between someone who comes off as being cold and me. I'm not perceived as cold. People know that there's something more there, but I'm just very protective. I'm therefore yeah. hard. And so all of this realization happened at university. And I was at that time, the only way I could express my feelings was through poetry. So I'd write my feelings down in poem form. And oh, which I still beautiful. have, and I'm sure it's a book to publish one of these days. Oh, yeah. Um, I will yeah. totally be there getting the first copy. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's when I realized, like, I have been really affected by my childhood. Like, yeah. I'm not able to show up in life the way that I want to, the way that I think I'm showing up. Like, I think I'm being strong. I'm actually not coming across that way. I'm coming across as hard. Um and then I started to go to a church and in that church, they specialized in a real focus on emotional healing. Um, wow. And that for me was just so powerful because it was at a point where I realized I am dysfunctional. I don't know how to be normal, quote unquote, and I didn't feel normal. That's the other thing. I always had this feeling like I don't fit something's wrong with me that's the pervasive feeling oh, that I had. I don't like hearing you call yourself dysfunctional. I mean, that's what hurt. I felt like, though. Yeah, yeah but as in, I it's it's I not a nice term, but that's what I felt. You know, I yeah. just felt like I can't. I don't know how to function. Mm. Yeah, I don't fit. I, I, I'm crying, and I don't actually. I can't understand why I'm crying sometimes because yeah. I've learned to disassociate feelings to such a degree. Like mm. I don't know how to function in a normal, healthy way. I'm yeah. just surviving, and survival doesn't feel good. How how did you open up then? So you 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 went to the it was church, church. And the, but how 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 did you? Oh, I can remember the service. I've done a TEDx talk, and I think did I share this in my TEDx talk? And it was a church service, and it was called like so aptly titled "Even Beyond yeah. My Issues." The woman was called Doctor Wanda Turner, and this you can tell it's imprinted yeah. so much in my life. Yeah. That I have not forgotten it. And she talked about um, in the Bible. There's a story of a woman with an issue of blood a woman that kept mm-hmm. bleeding um, and how she managed to get a healing. And she was saying that, you know, uh, it was a women's conference, I do believe as well. She was saying, you know, as mm-hmm. women, we have our issues, um, but even with them, you know, God can still touch us. He can still use us. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got us and it was the first time I had 
ever articulated how I felt. She said, I want you to connect hands with two other people. So remember I said to you, I feel this wall around me. So I'm holding people's hands now, connect with two people. And one of them was actually a friend of mine. So at this point in time, I'm in my early 20s because I graduated Mm. about 22. So I'd say I'm about Mm. 20, maybe 21. Um, And I've uh, holding hands with a friend who I'd invited to church, had known me since um, I was like my late age of the latter part of my 16th year so by this time I'd known me really well we were friends talked all the time so he was one hand can't remember who the other person was and we're holding hands and I want you to share your issues what are those things that you feel in your heart and so for the first time in my life I shared that I feel ugly I feel unlovable I feel unlikable and even to this moment it makes me feel emotional now because I remember it was the first time that I let my walls down and was transparent about the the narrative that pervaded my mind and the feelings that plagued my heart that I'd never shared with a soul. I'd only ever written down in poetry. And so this person who thought, I know Jazz, she's is listening to me describe how I actually feel about myself and, and is had in total shock. Shock, but also how did they react? Because, of course, they would be shocked because they have a perception. With, I mean, the mask mm. that you put up. So when they saw yeah. behind the mask, behind the walls, how did they then react? Once they got past the, oh, she's not how I thought she was. <laughs> it then becomes a, uh, I don't understand. Like, but you seem so like that questioning, wanting to know more to understand, which then led me to open up and talk about my childhood experiences Curious, that actually, supportive. yeah. And and that's what was not what we expect, is it? No judgment, judgment, yeah. You're weak and you're worthless. That's why you were treated like that. It's because oh, you're not worthy of anything. That's why you've been treated like rubbish. Um, And and this is one of the reasons why you know I do what I do, and I I encourage people to share their stories because Mm -hmm. I have found it to be one of the scariest thing you can do. But feel the fear. Do it anyway, because yeah. it's actually one of the most empowering things you can do. Because I've only, I've only ever found—I don't know if I actually have ever found anyone um, other than for those whom it may touch upon, who were like, mm. "Oh, you were trying to make me look bad," and I'm like, "That's not my intention at all." Um, oh, other you mean people, outsiders. Yes, those people oh, in question, yeah. you know, uh, may yeah. have questioned my motives and whatever else. But outside of that, and people may be connected to them who just don't hear what I'm where I'm coming from. I've only ever had people say, wow, like you have gone up in my estimation because to think that you can be the person that mm-hmm. you are in spite of everything that you have been through, I'm amazed. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's why... It is so important that we tell our stories. Yeah. Um, and I said, I mean, I think on the very first episode when actually Claire Bush interviewed me and I said, you know, mm. when I'm on stage, people really look up at me and like, wow. And it's like, you've got to understand how far I've come. You know, you said something a minute yeah. ago about you expected them to say you weren't worthy and I assume that's what you were told a lot as a child. And therefore it's it's like, but I now I know I am worthy. And it's that during yeah. that journey. And if we don't tell that, then how will others also take that journey? Because you don't have to stay there. But yeah, yeah. 
resilient we're resilient that's what we are very resilient <laughs> and that's what the thing as well you learn to appreciate yourself like what you can't see via zoom is you know I'm a petite woman I'm like five foot two and quite small in build yeah very petite but I've got a big <laughs> oh so we're like opposites yeah you know I've got a big personality and I've always had this voice so I'd get told off for talking and whatever I've got a big voice um you know but to to grow up wanting to shrink myself because I just don't want to get in the way because when you've been what's made you feel like a punching bag and you've had those negative words spoken of you oh you make me sick you know um things that you would never want to hear as a child I hate you um those are the things that you would not want the people that brought you into this world, anyone to say to you. Um, so am and I to hear understanding that, that person is a narcissist? Would that be a good description? Uh, would I would then... say okay, it's sorry. whether I'd say narcissist, not sure, to be quite honest. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not something I've, I've considered enough, but it's that kind of hurt dog's bite. And so when yeah. you've been abused, you then often either go on to be an abuser or to yeah. be abused yourself. And it was yeah. a repetition of the cycle. Um, oh, and it's a cycle that I have um, exactly that. I Thank have you. like been very deliberate into uh, this needs to break. And so, yeah, you know, the well, abuse fun. had been and, and, and I think more, you know, not to compare, but, you know, literally when you hear the stories and the trauma that, um, you know, has been undergone. I'm like, it's it's unsurprising, unfortunately, mm. that I would go through what I've been through when yeah. I, you know, yeah. I know think what you're doesn't saying make it I'm, okay. No, it doesn't make it okay. And I had to look at that from the reason my mum was an abuser, so a narcissistic abuser, and my father the enabler, which is also mm. as damaging, you know, abandoning oh, wow. physically there and abandoning. But it was like I needed yeah. to look at why they were the way they were to forgive them for myself, not to physically call and forgive them, just for me to let it go because I understand why they were the way they were. doesn't make it right, doesn't lessen what Mm. we went through. It's just like that really helps, doesn't it? It just sort of in that when you get to the point, it took a while (laughs) to Mm. get there. Whereas so, I'm the opposite to you, I've always been, and this is where I've had to learn balance in in later life. You know, as the grey hairs appear, because um, I was always aware of what my mum had been through. Time, <laughs> oh, I've dyed it. I've dyed it. Trust me. <laughs> I've mine done today. It's like very short today. <laughs> I love it. I used to have short, relaxed hair, and was one of my favourite styles before. I've got locks. You can't probably see them now. Before starting my natural hair journey. Um, but I was always aware of what my mom had been through and had immense compassion for her, but to my own detriment. And so that meant I learned growing up to put my feelings second because I knew the pain that she was going through exactly that. And so it's meant that I've then got into unhealthy relationships because I've learned to put other people's feelings first, understand their pain and undermine my own. Not and literally to the point where, you know, later on when having challenging conversations about what I've been through, um, when it's questioned, what are you talking about? Why are you making it out to be so bad? I'm not making it out to be. I don't need to make the story up. It doesn't benefit me to imagine that I've been a broken, beaten, abused child. You know, it doesn't, I don't get anything from that. I don't get a high from that. Um, nice. But that's what my story incorporates. Mm, that um, really resonates. Yeah. And, and really. that for me, I think was I'm the biggest struggle. 
the anger at how can you yeah. hurt me so badly? And in my 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 love and shield for you, I'm I'm not allowing you to see how much you're hurting me because I know you're hurting. And then when I do speak up and say, actually you're hurting me, you're like, what? What are you talking about? And it's like, excuse me, yeah. excuse me. Is it's tough. It's and the very closer, painful. The closer I'm getting to like it's it's written. Like I'm a you know I'm nearly there. I've got like. Wow. Three quarters of a chapter to go. And it's like, oh, wow. you know, I'm about to put it. Yeah, but I know what you mean because I have, well, one one family member's gone very quiet, but I'm sure he'll come, he'll be fine. But there's another who I know is doing what you're talking about that, oh, this isn't true because they didn't see that side of this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, and and it, I know what you mean. And it's like they start questioning your reality and that's hard. That's really painful. That's really painful. And I think for me, that's the most painful thing. To have undergone all that pain yeah. and you have caused me to then turn around and basically call me a liar. Mm. It's extremely hurtful. Extremely hurtful. To the point where yeah. I'm like, I need to go and find some records. I know my truth and I will mm-hmm. speak my truth. I don't do so maliciously. I do so because I believe we all need to be free. Yeah. And part of that is, this is my story. As I think Michelle Obama mm-hmm. says that your story is what you own and it's all you'll ever have. So own yeah. it basically. And that's what I have deliberately decided to do, not to feel ashamed of it, but just to own it, it's mine. Um, and to share it without malice, without hatred, but to share it because it's my truth to share. Um, when that's yeah when that's undermined um and questioned to the point where I'm I'm, I am being called a liar that's hurtful and it's to the point where I'm like actually um you know what I think I'm going to go and try and get some doctor's records because in school records because um I'm I'm sure there is some evidence to verify what I I am saying yeah Yeah. (laughs) I found that I actually it was quite funny because I was sort of handed all of my childhood photos at one point but before that, I had been handed my report card from school, which also said I talked a lot. That's so hard to believe. Um, but I, I, was, I just remember being bored. I'm not surprised I talked a lot. But because I was shushed at home, so I'm not surprised I talked at school. Mm. But it did say, like, there was there were threads, there are words in there that show that there was stuff going on at home. But back in the 70s and 80s, I mean, the, the teachers couldn't do much. It was sadly. different. It was a it was different, different world, wasn't you, it, then? Yeah. Did you find when you were doubted, I mean, on top of, I'm sure it, at moments made you doubt yourself but did it stop you from continuing the healing work or did it make you almost more determined because it's like look I know this is what I've been through so I'm going to continue I had already done much of my healing work by this point um because my healing journey I'd say I spent practically my whole 20s healing um as much as I could because I do think you wear onions and so there's stuff that I'm healing from now and I'm like god I didn't even realize I had that issue it's like another one to add to the list you know and it's like because you peel back one lane it just reveals something else another bit of um damage that you've incurred as a result of that that you weren't aware of and you couldn't be aware of because you had something greater to deal with at that time so um I'd say the bulk of my healing took place in my 20s um and when I started to talk about things wasn't until I was in my late 30s yeah Mm. so we're talking about and it it, it does add an extra layer did you try a different healing modal or is it whoops sorry my I think I just stood on my dog (laughs) in case you (laughs) he was snoring and I'm like and now he's being whiny um (laughs) Did you try a different healing modality at that time when you got to the late 30s? Like what happened then? 
No, it was um, just a conscious decision um, after realizing that mm. as much as I'd done a lot of work in my 20s, the area mm. that I hadn't recognized, and it's because I wasn't in a, a committed relationship at the time, because mm. I'd spent, yeah. I'd had some relationships, but spent a lot of time single. And I think part of that's because obviously guarding your heart. Um, got into a relationship and then realized uh, (laughs) exactly that's the safest place isn't it keep them out Um, Mm -hmm. realizing that I've married a replica and that was uh, oh my god what have I done I thought I'd healed and I realized I haven't addressed relationships and Mm -hmm. the template I didn't realize that the template we get in childhood is the one that we typically follow into adulthood Mm -hmm. and I'd never undergone any counseling so any like official therapies Um, my issue has always been I'm too I'm too good a coper I don't get depressed enough so Mm. I'm not ever clinically depressed I'm a like functioning depressive person when I do have my depressive episodes and so I've never qualified as depressed and I've never thought okay I'm going to pay for it literally until um, more recently I thought right that's it I'm actually going to pay and I'm going to get some counseling because I deserve that and I don't feel it's a case of I'm in a such a bad place I need it per se but Mm. I want it um and I want to just allow that yeah allow whatever it is that can come from that to come from it so So funny I um I wrote about in the book that um or my memoir Mm. I should say because I do have another book um I remember I I probably this is a more hilarious thing but my oops sorry won't say name my sister and I were absolutely blind rotten drunk sitting out the back of her house and I just start laughing my head off and I went, oh, my God, mum, dad, me, Richard, you and your husband, oh, my God, look what we've done. We've emulated her. We don't even like her and we've done exactly the same thing. (laughs) And bless her, she started sobbing her little heart out because she's in the middle of going through it and I'm out the other side and now really good friends with my ex-husband. We're like siblings. But it was Mm. that pattern like, I mean, well done it you is. recognizing that pattern because I don't think people do. And I, I don't think they do. Hand on heart. You know, I'm writing this as a single woman who's been single for quite a period of time by choice. And I know mm. in addition to when I kind of go into relationship and have to face other stuff that still comes up, the patterns that come up. Yeah. And you go, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I I feel you. <laughs> Yeah. And that that's what really kind of made me think, right, I need to start speaking my truth. Yeah. I need to start speaking my truth because up until that point, I'd, I'd, I would always skirt around it. Like I started my mm. business, was talking about like empowerment and you wanted to inspire women, but then um, really wouldn't share. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah. No, so it's lost connection for a minute there. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a little moment. I leave, by the way, um, I leave all the blurches in as well. This is the most rough podcast. I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> Do you know what? I think people like when things I are rough it. around it just because they connect more. <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah, and that's what it I... feels like when I'm on a Zoom and suddenly you don't know if you're talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, I realized in my business that I was still yeah. wearing this mask. I was still wearing this mask. I'm wanting to seem so together and I'm Jasmine and I figured it all out and life is good and look at me and da, 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 da. And it's like, actually, do you know what? I'm tired of it. 
I'm tired of the mask. I'm tired of pretending. Um, and life hit rock bottom. It's just like yeah. And I think if that's what you've done your whole life, it's what it's comfortable doing, and it mm. becomes extremely uncomfortable to be authentic. You mm. know. But I just realised I I want different, and having a daughter helped me immensely because oh, I thought to myself, wonderful. what am I modelling for her? What do yeah. I want her to believe is normal? What do I want to be her her reality? Because whatever she sees me do, that's what she thinks is normal. What she sees me take, mm-hmm. that's what she thinks a woman's supposed to take. What she sees yeah. me not do, that's what she thinks a woman's not. So, do you mean I become a mm-hmm. benchmark for her, a standard, and yeah. that for me was a real mantle. Like I took very seriously and it made me think, okay, Jazz, you know, if this is not okay for you, it's not okay for you and it's definitely not okay for her. And unfortunately as women, we are often able to take stuff that we really shouldn't take when it's just us. But when somebody else is in the equation, particularly a little person, that will light a different kind of fire in our lives. That means we're able to go, no. Um, And I think for me, yeah, realizing that I was slowly feeling like I'm dying every day. And I'm like, this is not living. This is existing. And I don't want my daughter to believe existing is how life is supposed to go. When you let it go. It's so, you're like, oh, oh my gosh. Like you you can breathe. What did that entail? Did you lose some people out of your life? Like I call them putting them off your bus. Like did you? I love that term. I came across that this year. I know, it's just like it, for us. Yeah. Sometimes um, people it, get on, they're generally like um, like a, a soul sister or something and they get on for a bit, help you mm. a bit and they get off. That's cool. Yeah. But other times it's like, could you get off my bus? Like just, yeah, eviction. <laughs> I know, and it's like, it's so lovely. Has it been liberating? It was liberating. And for me, um, it was a case of, right, I need to, my life fell apart. So I was like, right, I need to get out of what I'm in. Um, And so literally, I just left my relationship with my daughter. um, And we went into a refuge. Um, And that was where I'm like, okay, I've heard of refuges. I never envisaged that in my life, I'd be in one. But here I am. But you know what? This is going to be the making of me. It's not going to be the breaking of me. Um, And that's why I just decided I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be honest about who I am, about yeah. where I am, um, and you know I had enough dipping my toe in the water to know that people actually aren't mm. as cruel as we imagine them to be when we are open and honest about our story. Um, and the little bit that I had done, people felt liberated by. So I was like, you mm. know what? I think if I just say what needs to be said it's only going to liberate people more and liberate more yeah. people. Um, and it's funny, and in those so lowest it. moments, you you know, you, you clearly, you're like me, you see the silver lining. It was like, okay, this is yeah. really shocking. This is not where I planned to be. I mean, my gosh, you know. But it's like, mm. okay, day one, new life, here we go. I mean, you, and I feel like that's almost like you can go, okay, that's done now. Don't send me another lesson like that. Okay, I've got it. Let me learn, yeah. So how do you now incorporate that into your work? Because I know that's also... And when was that, by the way? Because, wow, you've come a long way fast. Yeah. um, 
And I think it's because that healing journey in the 20s, it just yeah. helped me get a bit of perspective on myself to realise yeah. I thought secretly I'm some loser and weak and whatever. And I realised, oh, do you know yeah. what? You've been through a lot and you you are here, like you are stronger than you realise. So that was a good foundation so that even the lessons that I hadn't quite learned when I did yeah. realise, oh, damn, this is what I've got myself into. I was like, well, I've got through that I can get through this and I've got even more motivation with my daughter right. um, yeah. and just feeling free once I decided actually I'm not mm. gonna keep stuff in anymore I'm gonna let it out um, and there have been challenges along, along the line but we're talking about this was just before the pandemic that my wow. life hit rock bottom but because I was determined that this was going to be the making yeah. of me. And the one thing anyone that knows me will tell you, I'm a determined woman. So when yeah. I get my mind onto something and determine that I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And, you know, that was at the expense of relationships possibly. But I was like, I, I have to be true to me. So if you love me, you will know my heart. You will seek to find my heart and you'll recognize I'm not speaking ill will against you. I'm just speaking Mm -hmm. my truth. And if that upsets you, you are free to leave. But if you want to stick around, then, you know, and and you can respect me and the boundaries that I'm now creating, Mm -hmm. then we can, we can go forward. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you call it God from church. I call it universe. Mm -hmm. You know, you've, you've gone from heart. You've raised your vibration Mm. and the reward, it it comes like you, you're vibrating up here. So in comes the work, in comes the health. We attract what we are. Yeah. Exactly. Because you brought your vibration. You know what? I'm doing this from heart. Mm. I'm doing this from love. It's, it's so sad that we we're so disconnected. It's like one of the things I learned writing my memoir was that the vagus nerve runs Mm. up, gut, heart, Mm. into head. And we're trying to operate the other way. And actually you've gone, no. Oh, sit down. I'm going to heart. I'm going to operate from heart. I mean, that's what I do. And it's just so liberating. And then it really is. doesn't resonate. You're like, mm, no, I'm not doing that. Come back over here. And then it's, yeah, life is good. Of course it has and its, it does. its life, but it's, you know, it's so wonderful, isn't it? So how do you Ultimately, incorporate you that day to day into the work that you do? Because you're inspiring girls, aren't you? And, and women to. Yeah. So the focus of the business now is initially it was women and girls, but because it's been primarily myself in the business and got a number of people that I do work with, but it's limited number. So we're holding a little bit back on the girls front. If I get invited Mm -hmm. to do stuff, we'll do it, but not proactively working with the girls. And now the focus is the women um, and have shifted actually from working with women in a more... um, B2C sense, like I offer a program let's help you with your life. And working with women more in the organizational sense. So as organizations, yeah. let's empower the women that you work with. Because what I realize is my greatest developments actually occurred whilst I was at work. I'd be on training. And I remember learning about dealing with difficult customers. I remember learning and just getting understanding about myself and accepting myself. I was like, this is my personality type. Oh, this is not something bad about me. It's just the type of person that I am and everyone has strengths and weaknesses and all this revelation. And it just empowering me more and more and more. And that just spilled over into my Mm. personal life. So working with women professionally. You've you've said, you know, I've called the book The Damage of Words. And it's mm. like because you, and you have just said things like, Oh, I'm not that. And you would say one of the damaging words that you were told that you were. And you'd say, and then you it's like, God, they take that moment of you going, I'm not that. I'm not. Mm. And it's it's so lovely to hear that you've 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 realized. Like you've just yeah. realized that, you know, you are a kind and wonderful human who wants to build other people up. I mean, it's yeah. 
That's so lovely. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. Like we have our, my three things. We work with women, empowering, inspiring women yeah. who typically wear a mask to overcome obstacles. Mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, abuse, bullying, low self-confidence. Because sometimes we can't mm-hmm. root it in trauma, but we still struggle with confidence. You know, mm-hmm. that's what my life has shown me, that as women, we just seem to question and doubt ourselves so much more, even if there isn't a major reason as to why. Mm-hmm. So we empower and inspire women to overcome obstacles, to release their potential. We have it. It's about releasing it, to release their potential, and then to advance in their careers, in their businesses, and in their lives. Mm-hmm. And we do that with our three R's, recover, reconnect and rise. And that's what I got out of my life falling apart. When I look back, I was like, what am I doing? What have I done? I'm like, do you know what? The reason I've been able to accelerate is because I was working on myself to recover. I then worked to reconnect and I was determined to rise. So that's the three pillars of our empowerment method that we work with women to do. That's, that is so amazing. What a journey you have been on. It I, has been a real I journey. Do, yeah, I do feel <laughs> as the patriarchy falls, it will be mm. easier for women to feel that they deserve help as well because I think there's still mm. a bit of that, you know, that we are. You know, we're supposed we're to be superwomen. Yeah, we're supposed uh, to just take care of everyone. Like, yeah. It's like someone but was talking about, you know, as a mum, you know, you always feel changing. guilty. And I'm like, you know, I don't. I really don't always feel guilty. And I'm like, where does this come from? I'm like, because you know what? I refute this idea that I'm supposed to be superwoman. Like, uh-uh. You can't be superwoman, you're human. I'm not superwoman. I am human. I have flaws. Right. Like my even my friend, because I I, I used to sing in a choir. So my friend had an event. She's like, Jasmine, I want you to sing. I want you to sing. And she's like, What did you why why don't you sing Alicia Key Superwoman? I was like, Do you know what? No. I'm not singing it because I ain't no superwoman. And I'm not going to tell any other woman to believe she is. I ain't singing it. So I like the song, but I was just like, nah, that is not the message that I want to bring because I'm not trying to be superwoman. I'm not. And that that just helps to eliminate guilt. You have to be all things to all people. Yeah. If you're the best version and you, like I do feel like now I can, well, other than brain surgery and shit like that, I don't want to do. But if I set my <laughs> mind to it, I know I can do anything. And that's very different to how I felt growing up. Very different. Actually, I was thinking about, I was in Guatemala earlier mm. this year and we did this oh, wow. thing where we went into these caves. Oh, no, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. We went yeah. into these caves and I was like climbing up, you know, 52. Oh, I was 51 then, but whatever. Climbing up these boulders in this. And I'm just going, I would not, I would have talked myself out of being able to do that mm. 10 years ago five years ago even probably, no, definitely 10 years and 15 years ago. And it was just to me that is that I'm amazing to me. I don't yeah. have to be to everybody because I can't be because you just no. can't be. I think Superwoman makes you like everyone has got to like me. Everyone's got to be happy. It's so impossible. So, yeah. Got to please everyone. I love that mm-hmm. T-shirt that says, you know, I can't please all the people all the time. Um, uh, I can only please one person at a time and today ain't your day. I'm like, that is my t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. my day. Listen, my one day. person a day, today ain't your day, darling. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow, try again. It's always, but, um, always my day. I learned from a young age, I'm someone that has a memory for like quotes. And yeah. I remember when I used to get my hair relaxed, the first salon I was in, although he is now, oh God, what a fallen soul. But wisdom can still come from fallen souls. <laughs> it was a mm. Bill Cosby quote, which agrees me to mention his name now, knowing mm. the manner of man that he is. Although he has done good things, it's just such a shame. Yeah. Um, I learned a quote. It said, um, I don't know the key to success, but I know the key to failure is trying to please everybody. Mm. 
Oh, and that yeah. deeply resonated with me. And I, I'm someone that will read that and go, ah, oh, okay. And that that was a nugget that I just stored. And I, I, I learned that, I think, about 15 or 16 years old. So wow. I took that I with me that and, and just learned this. I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. So even though I didn't like people myself. Please take note. People pleasers, <laughs> paging people pleasers, please take note. <laughs> God. <laughs> Amazing me I knew that it was okay for other people to not like me yeah. because not everyone will do and it's not my uh, job to try and make everybody so uh, um, that was very freeing so it's amazing how yeah, we can yeah. have this kind of dichotomy of I don't like myself but I still am able to be okay with you not liking me and knowing that that's all right but yeah, yeah. I've got an issue with me so you know we no. are such like complex human beings but yeah. yeah the best thing and the best feeling is when you can look in the mirror and be like do you know what I am I'm, I'm right. good. And one thing yeah. I would love to share, actually, before we yeah, go, yeah. is the power. And you mentioned that. Like, what is it that helped me transition? I mm. went to church and that was great. But what was the catalyst yeah. of in shifting my self-loathing to mm-hmm. self-loving was affirmations. Yeah. Me not relying on somebody else to tell me you're beautiful jazz you're a nice person you're kind I wanted that so deeply but realizing that it's my responsibility to tell myself what Mm -hmm. it is that I want to believe and I can work on changing those beliefs by being persistent and consistent in telling myself what it is that I really want and need to hear that changed my life I had little post-its with I am written on them all over the place that's the power and I, that's it. That statement. And I'd go, I am, and I'd finish the sentence. Yeah, absolutely yes. amazing. So that is people it. People would love to connect with you after this, or for any reason. Well, actually, I don't know why I just went. Oh, but anyway, I think I'm being distracted by now. He's snoring behind <laughs> me. I have no idea how much of this is coming across the podcast. Um, I did try and lock him out, and he got in here, didn't he? Um, yeah. If people would like to connect with you and contact you, what's the easiest? Is it LinkedIn? Do you have a website? What's your preference? Yes, I'd say go to LinkedIn. The website does exist, which is www.thelikemecic.org.uk, but it's a little bit out of date. It will be getting revamped okay. soon. Um, <laughs> so you can go on there and connect to me. We've got to contact us, and I do get that. It comes through to me. But the best place is, I'd say, social media. We're on most platforms so LinkedIn yeah. Facebook um, Instagram I am on Twitter I don't update it all the time so you've got me Jasmine and by the empowerment champion mm-hmm. on those platforms and then you've got the company the like me CIC it is really interesting how that last one you mentioned is just dying slowly <laughs> with all that testosterone anyway on that note thank uh, you so much that was absolutely amazing i appreciate just the the openness and the honesty and oh, just amazing so thank you so much jasmine oh thank you for the opportunity and i just love connecting like this and sharing so thanks for creating this space thank you for tuning in to beyond the damage of words how brave how vulnerable all to inspire listeners like you to take a step or inspire others to take a step. Imagine what healing we could create if we normalize this conversation. So please pass this on and of course subscribe so we can do just that. Until next time, thank you.